many of us, if not most of us, if not all of us, the weeks following Thanksgiving and leading up to Christmas are stressful. It can be a stressful season. We have money to spend, gifts to buy, dishes to prepare, parties to attend, and in the middle of all that, school lets out. So on top of our jobs and family responsibilities, we have a million things to do, and we do all of it, at least in theory, in preparation for Jesus' birthday. But what if we spent the weeks leading up to Christmas reducing the complexity of our lives? That would be admittedly difficult to achieve. We would almost certainly end up disappointing some people. But you have to admit, simplifying the holiday season sounds pretty great. And a community of people like that would be almost by default a countercultural and evangelistic community. The season of Advent is a time of preparation, waiting, and longing for the, for the fulfillment of God's promises. The, the word Advent is derived from a Latin word meaning coming or arrival. So we are preparing, waiting, and longing for God to come, for God to arrive. So the Christian year does not begin with the crucifixion or the resurrection. Rather, the Christian year opens with a season of eager anticipation, a season of waiting. The year begins by teaching us to wait. It begins by teaching us patience in the darkness. It begins by teaching us to look for the kingdom of God in unlikely and insignificant places, like the little town of Bethlehem or the virgin womb of a Jewish teenager. Advent is a season of hope-filled anticipation, which means that we are invited to assume a posture of hope-filled alertness. We're asking God to heighten our awareness of his presence and all that he is doing in the world. Bobby Gross puts it this way, Our culture says, go, 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 and do, do, do. We can easily feel that our social reputation depends upon our obedience to these impulses, or our self-image, or even our sense of spiritual worth. But these imperatives lure us into a trap, and we unthinkingly heed them to our spiritual detriment. But if we practice restraint from activity, we can use some of the time gained to be alone, quiet, and reflective. So again, Advent calls us to a posture of alertness. We are opening ourselves up to what God is doing in us and in the world. And this requires that we slow down and fight for margin in the midst of a busy and frantic season. Advent is not just one more thing to think about during the holiday season. Advent is designed to be a relief to you. You are relieved of the pressure to join in all the things. You have permission to not participate in all the ways our culture demands of us. The season of Advent is a time for scaling back. Some people even fast. It's a time for taking stock of the sin and brokenness in our world. Christ is coming, and so we allow ourselves to feel some of the weight that Christ is coming to carry. Because we know that something wonderful is on the horizon, we can take time to acknowledge all that is broken. Because we have a steadfast hope that 
redemption is coming in the birth of our King, we can take time to acknowledge the negative consequences of our sin in the world. Because the light of God is breaking in, we can take time to acknowledge the darkness all around us. During Advent, we remember the first coming of Christ, but we also anticipate the second coming of Christ. Advent puts us in the shoes of the ancient Israelite, waiting for the first coming of Christ. We sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. But at the same time, Advent teaches us to wait for the second coming of Christ, when all will be made right again. And this dual emphasis is appropriate because, paradoxically, the church exists in an age of fulfillment and in an age of waiting. We live in the age between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. And so the Christian year begins, at least in part, by dwelling upon the end. Right off the bat, we are reoriented to our ultimate purpose and the destination toward which all of history is moving. In fact, every year, the gospel reading for the first Sunday of Advent features an adult Jesus teaching about the kingdom of God. And that's a bit strange because three weeks later, on the final Sunday of Advent, the pre-born Jesus is waiting in the womb of Mary. But there is an important truth underlying this. To understand the Christian story rightly, it has to be interpreted backwards. To understand the full meaning of the birth of Christ, we must understand that he is born the King of Kings. So throughout the Christian year, we experience emotional highs and emotional lows. But because we have already contemplated the ending, we can know that we are not just wandering aimlessly through the wilderness. Rather, we are being swept up into a story that God is telling, a story for which we, again, already know the ending. Now, Advent is designed to be a relief to you, but the observance of Advent does, of course, require intentionality. Bobby Gross calls this the paradoxical work of waiting. In the Bible, waiting is active. To wait is an activity. Here's a sampling from the Psalms. Psalm 25. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Psalm 27. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Psalm 39. And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Psalm 62. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. Psalm 130. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. These verses teach us at least three things about biblical waiting. Number one. The fact that all these references to waiting occur in the Psalms teaches us that biblical waiting is prayerful. The Psalms are prayers. The Psalms talk about waiting on the Lord. And so waiting on the Lord is, at the very least, prayerful. 
Number two, waiting is also marked by a renewed commitment to obedience. Lead me in your truth and teach me. If we're going to take stock of the sin and brokenness in the world, we need to start with our own lives. Am I obedient to the word of the Lord? How am I contributing to the sin and brokenness all around me? And then number three, waiting on the Lord is an exercise in hope. In the Bible, the greatest and most glorious things are always yet to come. And so biblical waiting is never merely waiting. Biblical waiting is always preparation. Biblical waiting is fueled and sustained by a confidence that God is about to act. And so we need to get ready. There's a phrase that Bobby Gross uses in the book. He says that Advent is a time to allow hope to gestate within us. Like a pregnant mother with her unborn child, we hold hope within us, and we nourish that hope within us, and we allow that hope to grow within us. That is what biblical waiting is like. It's like a couple waiting on the birth of a child. God is the one doing something miraculous, but that couple still has work to do in preparation. They are waiting on God, but the nature of that waiting is active. And so Advent teaches us to wait like Christians, to wait like the Psalms teach us to wait. We don't have to know exactly what's coming tomorrow. We don't have to know exactly how God is going to bring everything to a fitting resolution. We can simply trust that whatever it is, however he does it, it's going to be good, and it's going to be for our good. This also means that Advent breaks us out of the false expectation that everything is supposed to be perfect. Many of us feel that particular pressure acutely during the holiday season. Advent does teach us to wait and to hope for fulfillment, but we are not waiting or hoping for everything to be made right by December 25th. After all, Christmas is not the end of the story. It's just the beginning. And so Advent is meant to cultivate within us an inextinguishable hope, a stubborn and persistent hope. Hope even in the midst of unmet or unfulfilled or just partially fulfilled longings. And in a world of persistent sin and persistent brokenness, Persistent hope is what we need most.